Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. In 2021, I had written a letter to the editor in which I wrote that I believe that there must be a change in policy to prohibit current and future American presidents and members of the first family from having any pets inside the White House. So, you probably understand my position very clearly. I don't support the presence of any pets inside the White House, whether it's a dog, a cat, a rabbit, any other animal. I think that if members of the first family, if they want to have pets, then they can keep pets in their private home, but not inside the White House because the White House is funded by the American people. And why did I write that letter to the editor? Well, it was in response to news reports of Joe Biden's dog, um, you know, biting somebody. So here's what's going on right now. And this is the latest news. Joe Biden's dog commander reportedly bit Secret Service officers 10 times in four months. That's Joe Biden's dog commander. And if you ask me to draw a conclusion, I'll tell that it's probably not a very friendly dog, okay? That's the only reasonable conclusion that one can draw from these news reports. I don't think this dog should be in the White House. And, you know, I also think it's important to find out what's bothering the dog so much. Is the dog poorly trained? Has the dog lost lost its mind? Or maybe the dog doesn't want to be in the White House. Maybe the dog is frustrated and it wants to be somewhere else, maybe somewhere nice and peaceful. Maybe the dog is just feeling very, very frustrated inside the White House, okay? But whatever the case may be, I don't think there should be any pets inside the White House and this particular dog, uh, Commander, uh, that's the name of the dog, Commander, this dog definitely should not be in the White House. I mean, biting Secret Service officers 10 times in four months, that's a lot. I mean, that's, that, you know, how, how does that even happen month after month after month? That's the question. How is the dog still in the White House? Anyway, that's, that's just my opinion. Share with me your thoughts. And, uh, you know, I'll move on to the next topic. The Biden administration is not very friendly towards different appliances that we use at home, okay? And right now what's going on is that the Biden administration is, is now targeting another popular home appliance, water heaters. The Department of Energy is reportedly pushing proposals that would Accelerate deployment of electric heat pump water heaters. Electric heat pump water water heaters. That's what the Department of Energy, the the uh, in the Biden administration, they are they are reportedly uh, advocating for proposals that would accelerate the deployment of electric heat pump water heaters. Now this is being labeled definitely as. Um, an effort to fight climate change. And if you have been listening to my podcasts, 
If you have been watching my videos, then you probably know my views on climate change. I think climate has always changed and climate will always change. There's nothing that humans can do to stop climate change because nature is always more powerful than human beings. So even if we shut down all the factories and all the businesses and everything, then climate will still change. So there's nothing we can do to uh, change that. And, you know, why should we even try to stop climate change? Nature has its own course, okay? And according to the natural laws of nature, if climate keeps changing, then let it change and we will adapt. Humans will adapt. But the Biden administration has all these green proposals and policies and uh, their uh, anti-fossil fuel uh, position and they are, you know, doing lots of different things that don't make any sense, but those are being done in an effort to fight climate change, okay? So the federal government, in an ideal world, the federal government would have limited powers. But the Biden administration, Biden administration is pushing for the government to grow in size and to have a larger footprint. Now, why does the Biden administration worry about people's appliances? Let the market decide what kind of appliances people want in their homes and let the people figure out what's good for their household. There's so much of information out there. Consumers can now go online. If you need a dishwasher or if you need, um, you know, a, a, you know a, a washing machine for your clothes or if you need a new laptop or if you need whatever, you can just go online. Any electronics, any appliances, any equipment, really any consumer goods, anything that you need um, inside your home, you know, uh, or any, automobiles, whatever. I mean, just name anything. If you want to buy any product, you can go online and you can do search. You can look at reviews. You can look at customer testimonials. And there's just so much of information out there for people to review and then to make decisions on what kind of computer they want, what kind of dishwasher they want, what kind of automobile they want, what kind of, um, you know, anything. I'm just looking around my room as I'm speaking and I'm looking at um, so many different consumer products just inside my, my home, right here where I'm podcasting from. Anything I want to buy, you know, a, a, a mouse for my laptop. I can go online and look at the reviews for all the different kinds of mouse, mice, that are out there, uh, whether it's a wireless mouse or a, um, you know, a, a, you know, wired mouse or gaming mouse, whatever it may be, I can go and look at all the information that's out there and I can make my own decision. But the Biden administration is trying to dictate what kind of appliances people should use, what kind of cars people should drive. I mean, this is not the federal government's job. But, you know, as I said before, with President Joe Biden in power, with the Biden administration in charge, it seems that the government just wants to have more and more influence over people's lives. 
and they are trying to influence people's decisions. They are trying to dictate, in fact, as I said, they are trying to dictate what kind of products Americans should use. And this is just, this should not be happening. Water heaters, let people decide what kind of water heaters they want. My friends, let me let me move on to another topic, which, you know, I, I think it's important that we talk about this, but this is from outside the United States. In fact, this is uh, some news that I saw um, about something that's happening in the United Kingdom. In the UK, consumers are reportedly cutting back um, in uh, hygiene products. They are using less, they're buying less hygiene products, such as soap. You know, when I saw this, it was pretty shocking. Why is this happening? Reportedly, demand for products like hand wash and shower gel fell significantly in 2023. And some believe that this is happening because of increasing cost of living, because of rising cost of living. Many people in many countries around the world are suffering because of the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. Inflation here in the United States, inflation is hurting consumers. And in Britain, consumers are cutting back um, essential, cutting back in essential hygiene products. So they are buying and using less hygiene products. In Bangladesh, Bangladesh is the country where I was born and raised. So let me share some news about Bangladesh with you. In Bangladesh, prices of various food items went up. And, you know, just a few months ago, there was intense discussion regarding the price of chicken in Bangladesh. The price of chicken went up so much that low-income people had to cut back on food because they just could not keep up with the rising prices in the economy. And just a few weeks ago in Bangladesh, price of green chili was over 500 takas per kilogram. And taka is the currency uh, in Bangladesh. So it's the Bangladeshi, Bangladeshi currency, taka. So price of green chili was over 500 takas per kilogram. So just for comparison, let me tell you, in neighboring country of India, the price of green chili was 21 takas. 21 takas in India based on a report that I saw, and more than 500 takas in Bangladesh, neighboring countries. So you can imagine how much the people of Bangladesh suffered. And green chili, for those who may not know, it is a key ingredient in many dishes, in many, many, many dishes in Bangladesh. Green chili, it's a very, very important ingredient. Just like you need salt in so many dishes, in Bangladesh, you need green chili in, in many dishes. And so it's, a, it's an essential ingredient. It's really not an optional thing. Uh, every household uh, uses green chili. And, and so 
when price of green chili goes up so much, it causes tremendous pain and suffering for, for uh, the Bangladeshi people. And I just want to talk about, um, you know, what happened during the pandemic in general. And as as we look at, and as I look at, let me just speak for myself, as I look at, you know, 2020, 2021, and 2022, you know, the uh, the years um, uh, in in which we saw the the coronavirus outbreak and all all its effects, and as we look at the after effects, I think it becomes pretty clear that the economies should not have been shut down. In the United States, in many states, um, various government entities shut down uh, businesses, shut down, um, you know. Uh, imposed stay-at-home orders and whatnot. Um, not, not in every state, not in every city, but in many places in the United States, there were stay-at-home orders. And, um, and not just in the United States, in many countries around the world, government entities imposed lots of restrictions which hurt people's freedom, which hurt people's freedom. And all of that should not have happened. There was there was so much of widespread panic that people reacted before they could even think properly. And average income people in countries around the world, and the average income varies, right? It's there. There's one average income in the U.S. There's a different average income in the U.K. Whichever country you look at there's a different average income the number varies but i'm just talking about uh, talking generally if you look at average income people in countries around the world they suffered a lot and they still continue to suffer because of the ways different governments reacted to the virus outbreak there were countries where offices were shut down businesses were forced to close in various countries, people's movements were restricted and jobs were lost as a result. And these should never have happened. The governments in many countries around the world seemed to punish hardworking people for something that's not their fault. This, this virus outbreak, it's not the fault of the average American. It's not the fault of the average a British. It's not the fault of the average Bangladeshi. But but so many people suffered because these government uh, entities decided to restrict people's freedom, to shut down businesses, to shut down, um, you know, to restrict movements, to, you know, do all kinds of things that we now look at. And we can understand that because of those decisions that were made at the time, People were hurt financially, and people still continue to suffer as a result. Why should people stop working, and why should people stop earning, and who's going to pay their bills? But many government entities force people to close their stores, to close their shops, and uh, there were many countries where people could not travel from one place to another, and those things should never have happened. Freedom is the most important thing in a person's life. Freedom. 
people should be free. God has created us all. God created human beings. And human beings are supposed to be free. No government agency should restrict people's freedom. Hardworking, law-abiding people. Good people. Hardworking people. Going to work, working hard, earning income, feeding their families. But so many people around the world were hurt because of what different governments did by imposing all kinds of coronavirus restrictions and mandates, mask mandates and vaccine mandates and so many other things. People suffered as a result. You know, a business, I think, is like a, like a running train, like a running train. It takes time for a train to gain speed, to gain full speed. But once it's running, you can't just stop. You can't just stop a train. But that's what many government entities tried to do during COVID. They tried to shut down businesses in the name of public health. And the result was widespread economic damage, and people are still suffering in the United States and outside the United States. People are still suffering. Many lives were impacted. Business people lost money. Their families were affected. Their employees were affected. The entire global system of trade was hurt. And we are still seeing the adverse effects of that. Supply chain crisis still continues. There are still products that if you, if you search for those products in, in, in the store, uh, the stores may be, in, may be in low supply or they may not carry those products. Why? Because of supply chain issues. And then many businesses also went out of business. And, and so there are businesses that were thriving and producing different things and providing services that no longer exist because of government's restrictions during uh, the COVID pandemic. And, you know, the, I, I think we all understand that the world will never be the same again. The world will never be the same again because of what happened during COVID. There was the virus that we needed to fight. But why did governments in different parts of the world force businesses to shut down? Why did governments in different parts of the world force people to stay inside their homes? Why did governments in different parts of the world, you know, closed roads to restrict people's movements? And all of those decisions led to many tragedies. And people are still suffering financially. My friends, share with me your thoughts. I always welcome you to share your thoughts with me. You can go to my website, tossifanam.net. You can send me a message. You can sign up for my e-newsletter. And I must, I must emphasize this. Please sign up for my e-newsletter. I send out periodic updates. And in, uh, um, in any issue of my e-newsletter, you will find uh, links to my podcast episodes, links to my recent videos, and also um, I will um, I, I usually set, include information about my latest blog posts, and there are many other things that I include. So please sign up for my e-newsletter. You can go to my website tossifanam.net, and if you if you're on the homepage, you scroll down 
towards the bottom, there is a place where you can enter your email address and you can sign up for my e-newsletter. So please do that. And you can also find me on social media. So uh, connect with me, share your thoughts, share your views, share your comments. And I believe in freedom of speech. I believe in dialogue. I believe in exchange of ideas. So if you are listening to my podcast and you pretty much agree with everything I'm saying, then great. Uh, Let me know that. Um, And if you disagree with me, reach out to me and let me know why you disagree with me. You know, if you want to challenge my viewpoints, do that. I believe in dialogue. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to listen to your thoughts and we can have uh, a debate. We can have a dialogue. We can have exchange of ideas because, you know, um, that's, that's, that's what I believe in. Uh, we should all um, have constructive um, conversation and uh, criticisms are fine. Criticisms are fine. So share with me your thoughts, and I hope to be back again soon with a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. So please stay connected with me.